Hello and welcome to Glass Onion Minute. I'm your host for this week, Ryan Murphy, and joining me is my guest for this week, John Kovaleski. Hi, John. Hello, 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 hello. Uh, we're covering Minute 31 today, and that stretches from uh, 30 minutes and zero seconds to 30 minutes and 59 seconds. Uh, we're opening up uh, on uh, Birdie J, uh, sort of talking about a the time where she had just met Miles, um, and our minute goes up to... Blanc emerging from the bathroom and marveling at uh, the fact that Miles has a fax machine. Uh, so, yeah, I guess let's go ahead and get started with okay. uh, with where this minute starts. Um, so, yeah, uh, John, what are your what are your thoughts, I guess, overall on this minute? Well, it's really interesting because we have we have Birdie, you know, it, it feels like maybe one of the the deepest moments yeah. with her. Uh, because she is, you know, she's flighty. Mm-hmm. She's kind of dim. Yeah. <laughs> um. She is certainly a person who has gotten by on her looks. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is really lamenting her, you know, what her relationship was to Miles. Yeah. At that time, and you know, it seems like she was the only one who had success before i mean you know when they have the flashback later on in the film when they're all in the bar it it does seem like she'd fallen on hard times um uh, because of some things we'll get into in in one of the other minutes but uh you know so she was famous you know everybody else had had just been kind of floundering sort of in the lower levels of their different disciplines yeah but she was famous and she's talking about how she was famous when she met Miles and that he was enamored with her. And she um, she even says um, that he says to her, you're Birdie J, you know, I can't believe I'm talking to you. You're Birdie J on billboards. I can't believe I'm talking to you. Yeah. And, you know, she can't believe he was talking to her either in that kind of like looking down at her way. Right. And it it's really... It, you know, it's really such a glimpse into what drives her, I guess. Yeah. And that that feeling of needing to be, you know, needing to be the prettiest person in the room, really. Yeah, I mean, she, uh, you can see it in this minute, the, the tone with which she delivers these lines that we start out on uh, is very different from, I mean, how she talks for most of the mo- movie. Uh, she goes from, you know... He was this little thing in my hand. Which I think is also a really interesting way oh, yeah. for her to think of, uh, you know, Miles years ago that, you know, uh, she was Birdie J from Billboards. Um, and then as soon as she realizes that Andy is there, Andy! Like, it just, she, it the way that she tones it down, the way that she tones her, her delivery down uh for the beginning of this minute is yeah i I agree it's it's really interesting to see her character get that sort of depth that i don't think we've gotten to this point in the film i preferred that yeah yeah completely and it never um you know they never (laughs) you know it's it's funny because all the people in the film to greater or lesser degrees obviously are have an ego Mm -hmm. are kind of self-centered and have sold their soul to the to the devil that is miles right and you know and 
you know, you can look at, you know, obviously Lionel is, is very intelligent. He's a scientist, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, you know, he's working on crazy stuff for miles and Claire, it seems very intelligent. Duke probably less so, mm-hmm. but you know, we in no way do they ever like find hidden depths of intelligence. Yeah, with, with Birdie, right? You know, and she, and and you know, this is certainly depth, but if anything, it makes her seem more superficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, when she's talking about this, and the other thing too that's happening while she is talking, she's talking to Peg, but really she's talking out loud, right? Is that um, is that she is watching Miles with whiskey across the pool? Right. Yes. And that she used to be that person. Yeah. Um. And and if anything, she had more power than uh than Miles. She was more famous, even if she had fallen on hard times for being you know a doofus online. She uh she was the one who was above that, and certainly. That not not only has whiskey uh, replaced her, mm-hmm. um, but the power dynamic is different. Right. You know, she was on hard times. He bankrolls, you know, her her sweetie pants thing. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's uh, that's something that I think we're going to be talking about uh, this whole week uh, with the minutes that we have um, just sort of the interaction between uh, whiskey and birdie. Um, right. It is it is. I in rewatching this, I was kind of amused to see that uh, whiskey uh, sitting next to Miles is drinking a Corona, which I feel like is I don't know. This is uh, as has been discussed on this podcast already. Uh, very much started out as a COVID movie was filmed during COVID. Um, sure. So like you know all these bottles of this kombucha, uh, and she's oh, she's right. having a Corona. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I I think you know and that. I think we'll get into how that sort of, uh, I don't know if I want to say disdain, but uh, Birdie and Whiskey do not respect or like each other. Um, yes, yes. And that'll become well, you know, Yeah. And one thing, you know, that obviously has already been talked about because it happens earlier mm-hmm. when she comes out to the pool um, and, you know, and she is just dressed to the nines. Yeah. And is just like showing off everything, and and you know she's just like I'm ready to go swimming, and then whiskey comes out in I think a slow motion shot of uh, just like almost spinning her hair, you know? <laughs> right? Just and and you know, Kate Hudson is beautiful, yeah, but she is I probably in her early forties maybe mm-hmm. at this point, and so she is a she is not the new young thing right and then all of a sudden this new young thing comes out of the pool and she's just like i think i'll just sit here in the sun yeah you know she's not going to attract all the attention because whiskey with her youth um (laughs) is it just puts her you know you know the the place she would always have in any room in any place she went isn't happening here yeah and and i think that's also really um i i hadn't thought about the contrast between sort of birdie's entrance which uh you know uh listening to the uh commentary from ryan johnson 
I, I believe he's just like, ladies and gentlemen, Kate Hudson. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the contrast between that and when we open this scene, obviously the hat is, you know, doing some work to sort of hide Janelle Monet off to the side. Sure. Uh, but also just like how closed in and sort of intimate this uh, minute starts uh, with, because she's, I mean, she, you're right. She's talking mostly out loud, sort of to peg. Um, but the way that she's using the hat to just sort of like close everything off, I, I think it, uh, I don't know. I, there may be some sort of parallel there in how she's now feeling now that, you know, whiskey has arrived and is sort of taking over the role that, uh, she may feel to be, uh, rightfully hers. Right. And I think intimate is a really good, you know, word for it. I hadn't even thought about it like that is that, you know, obviously the, the hat is there for the reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I guess we're just going to assume that everyone has seen the movie. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, there's also the hat hides the fact that um, Andy throws the phone in her bag mm-hmm. to record her. Right. And actually, at the very beginning of this minute, and Ryan Johnson points this out in his commentary, you can see the phone go in the bag. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're playing fair. Yes, they, they are playing fair. And but yeah, it, it creates this nice intimacy because she has this kind of hat pulled down you know it kind of closes her off um and and even you know i was just you know having kind of watched our little segment a few times you can see some sweat kind of rolling down um kate hudson's face and it gives you that feeling just a little bit more of you know of her you know ryan johnson is not necessarily shooting her to look perfect right you know so there's an imperfection i am sweating right um type of thing uh going on there and i think you know one thing at least just uh uh just technically that he was talking about in that scene or with the stuff with the hat obviously he was going to use the hat mm-hmm. but how windy it was yeah and they had to really really pin you know that hat to her and I think there's a little bit of just her holding that hat in that position <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely lends, you know, or definitely was part of the uh, part of the physicality of I'm going to have to figure out how to make this work. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think that's, you know, uh, another example of we see it so often in, well, everything, but in especially in these uh, sort of knives out mystery movies. Um Things that might happen uh, for a completely practical reason, but then uh, the way that it's incorporated just winds up playing very well into the story. Uh, yeah, no, it, it definitely does. So, uh, one other thing yeah. <laughs> I wanted to mention was that I have never seen a Kate Hudson movie. Um, <laughs> and I think part of like, haven't seen Almost Famous, which I know was her star making yeah. you know, role. And I I was just like, okay, have I not actually seen her? Because she's somewhere just in my brain of I, having no idea if she's a good actress or not, but mm-hmm. that she's mostly in rom-coms. So I yeah. looked up her filmography, looked through, and most of it seemed to be that. Yeah. Where I'm just not interested in it, so I don't know how good or not. I, but I have seen one movie that she was in. She does a voice of a character I don't have any recollection of. I'd have to look it up uh, in Kung Fu Kung Fu Panda Three. <laughs> Great. Um, and I have a kid, so I've watched Kung Fu Panda Three <laughs> a number of times. 
Uh, and it's a good movie. Yeah, I like Kung Fu Panda three. But uh, so I had not seen her, and really throughout this movie, I was just like, "Oh my god, she's great!" Yeah, she's wonderful. What a what a really great comedic actress she is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, where having no knowledge of her and just really in my head, just thinking she's a pretty person mm-hmm. actress. You know, I mean, she's, you know, Goldie Hawn's daughter, right? Yeah, right? I think so. Yeah, Goldie Hawn's daughter. And, you know, so, you you know, you got the crazy genes there yeah. to make you pretty. So, you know, it was just a, a bit of a revelation of just go, wow, yeah. she's terrific. What a great, you know, what a great character actress, you know, she's become. And hopefully she gets more chances. You know, hopefully people see her in a different light and she gets to do interesting work. You know, she's not, you know, and granted, I don't know a lot about Catherine Hahn's background, although I know I've seen her through the years, but she's definitely, you know, Catherine Hahn is a character actress. Yeah. You know, she's playing kind of meteor different roles. And I don't think, uh, I don't think Kate Hudson has been thought of in that way. So hopefully, hopefully that happens for her. Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of uh, just sort of going through um, her, her filmography. I mean, I've seen her in, I, I've seen her in almost famous, um, you know, as, as you mentioned, Kung Fu Panda three. Uh, yep, yep, yep. But uh, yeah, I think you know there was there is something to uh, the idea that you know it's sort of as we've gone from an era where uh, you know who was headlining your movie is the biggest deal in the world um, to now that being uh, you know less important. Uh, to my understanding for for just how uh, things are marketed Um, yeah I I kind of you you do think of like oh how to lose a guy in 10 days all of this that like something I haven't seen but like I've seen the poster and I've seen Kate Hudson's name in large font on top of it Um, so yeah sort of coming from that same place where there's a lot here that I haven't uh, I haven't seen I haven't seen Bride Wars uh, Sadly, uh, but <laughs> I saw that she was in the movie Mother's Day, and I looked this up because, you know, this will date this. But Ryan and I are recording this actually on Mother's Day. Yeah. Um, and I know that there's a horror movie from like the early '80s called Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. There was a remake of it by one of the guys who like did a lot of Saw sequels, and I'm like, could she possibly be in that? But no. <laughs> It's one of those, uh, you know, one of those, um, I think maybe Gary Marshall yeah. type comedy. I, and I don't even know if it's him. It is, you know? it is Gary Marshall. <laughs> it is Gary Marshall. Okay, yeah. So he had he had a bunch of those holiday, uh, uh, you know, ensemble romantic comedies that were all trying to sort of do what Love Actually did. Right. And, you know, I believe there was one called Valentine's Day. Yeah. And maybe there was another one. Arbor Day? Could be. <laughs> sure. Don't know. Um, but, you know, I was just like, oh, okay, there's a movie. And to be honest, I mean, you could show me a picture of Kate Hudson and I, I and, and ask me who it is and I maybe couldn't tell you, mm-hmm. you know, who it is um, in, in that kind of way. So, you know, just, just sort of interesting in that way. Yeah, but then, I mean, obviously in... in uh you know this uh she's fantastic so yeah completely completely 
Uh, um, so sort of moving along in our minute, um, we do get the reveal that, you know, uh, Andy, uh, has been behind that hat this whole time. Yeah. Um, so I guess what. Andy. Hi. Wow. How long has it been? Since the trial. So a few months. Mm, the trial. Ugh, that was not fun. I mean, for all of us, for anybody, right, Peg? Right? I'm uncomfortable. I'm going to go for a swim. <laughs> well, so I, I brought up before sort of the tonal shift in uh, her voice going from this very sort of like, you know, uh, considering her own uh, place in the world and, you know, time passing. And then Andy, like uh, <laughs> the... The way she just, you know, immediately tries to be like, oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, right. The last time we spoke um, was at the trial, which I think to this point we haven't really gotten uh, much. Right. All, all we, yeah. I, yeah. All we know is that there is some there is some bad blood. Right. You know, everybody was shocked that she showed up, was shocked that she was there. And yeah, we don't know exactly why yet. And and she does in her completely birdie way, um, you know. You know, she says, "Oh, when was the last time we saw?" Oh, that was the trial. And she goes, "Oh, I, I think I, I may have mis mis I might have written this down wrong. That's what I want to say." Uh, she says, "Oh, that was not fun." <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, everything is about how she. You know her relationship to whatever is going on right yeah the, the important thing about that was not you know whatever sort of subtext that we uh that has not been revealed to us yet but it was not fun yeah and i'm about things fun that are me. fun yeah so yeah uh, and, and and you know and it was about her her experience right uh, not not everyone else's and you know even if you know she's never going to admit you know that she screwed over andy that she wrecked their friendship you, you know she must know you know if she thought about it for two seconds which she finally does that it was much harder on andy right yeah than on anybody else <laughs> right. you know um and you know she's she's self-centered she always has been yeah i mean just from the even not knowing, uh, I mean, at this point in the movie, uh, we haven't been told anything about what this trial was. Sort of knowing that, oh, this is something that was bad enough that everyone is surprised that she's here. Uh, yeah. Considering they were at one point, you know, very close. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and then, you know, I do sort of admire uh, her ability to just, just sort of pull the cord and be like, all right, I'm uncomfortable. I'm going for a swim. Like yeah, yeah. Her I'm her oblivious her obliviousness to uh well to what's going on, but then yeah, she's she <laughs> she's not gonna make anything better. Yeah. She's yeah. just like, well, I, this is how I deal with things. I go away. Yeah, it, it, uh, it does seem like I, she has practice in that. Yeah, and we I you know, I can't I guess it's before this that we find out, oh yeah, way before this when she's at her party when they're getting the box. Right. You know that she's she can't be in control of her own stuff. Peg has her has her phone um, because she's you know she's uncontrollable. Yeah, yeah, definitely in that in that way. <laughs> at the uh, at the party that uh, Yo Yo Ma is also y yeah Yo Yo Ma shows up around and, uh, for some reason. It, and it was interesting because watching this, 
knowing it was all during COVID and everything, mm -hmm. and then listening to Ryan Johnson talking about um, how they were in Belgrade, I guess, for the um, for the studio stuff, and were in Greece for the um, for the you know beautiful outside mm -hmm. resort area, and and I uh, you know and in listening to it, he's talking about you know especially little bit parts they would use people who were on the staff because everyone had to be cleared and stuff, and I'm like. They flew Yo-Yo Ma over for this, but Yo-Yo Ma was not flown <laughs> over for that. He was shot on a green screen and, you know, brought over. Yeah. Um, you know, just hilarious. Just hilarious. Hey, can I talk? I, she's barely a piece of this. And because this is the only place I'll get to talk about this. Can I talk about Peg a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Because here's the thing with Peg, you know, and I, I really enjoyed this movie. I did. Um, I, I, I like, um, Knives Out better, mm -hmm. um, but I felt like the, you know, I, I get sort of the reason for the character of Peg, you know, of having, you know, an outsider, normal person in this, but there's a couple things that kind of bother me about the inclusion of the character. Mm -hmm. One as, as Birdie's assistant. Yeah. She seems, and maybe, you know, I, I guess this is understandable. You know, she seems to have a lot of control over Birdie. Right. Okay, I get that. Um, I don't really understand why, you know, it, she says things about, you know, it feels like, you know, she talks about working for Birdie and then not working for Birdie, like just working in retail or something, and then coming back as if this is the only thing she can do, which seems odd. And that becomes a justification for her, you know, talking to Miles later on, uh, you know, in for Birdie about, you know, problems with the Sweetie Pants thing. Right. And all of that just seems, a uh, that seems a little bit false. And it even, I, I it, it feels because Miles is like, let go of all of his staff for the weekend, right. which, you know, gives, give you know, which also seems like you probably wouldn't completely do that right yeah <laughs> although granted a lot of the a lot of the uh entire mansion thing is is run on weird automatic things that he has programmed including the uh um the is it boston dynamics that makes the robots oh the with the weird the luggage dog yeah, the yeah. robot dog. And, you know, which also kind of like once he says that and then there's the robot dog with the <laughs> luggage is, you know, bombastic and hilarious and could be a real thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um. So anyway, the fact that he's let go of all of his staff and that and or sorry, Peg would be sort of welcome. Right. At this seems odd. Or at least if Birdie brought her that because Miles wants us to be him and his disruptors. Right. That that Peg would just be sitting in her room. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that she would really not be included in any of the the hoo-ha that's happening in, you know, in the main parts of this. You know, Miles doesn't even remember her name and he's met her before. Right. You know, she's been on these trips before. So it 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 just it rings a little false. That's all. It, That's all. So I I think you know one of the things uh, that occurred to me um, was that you know most of the other disruptors uh, 
it wouldn't be strange for them to also have like i mean claire has assistants she's a right. governor right so right and she has them in her house although i i think it's weird that she answered her own door yeah yeah you know, at the beginning i was like there would have been a staff person <laughs> right you know i mean she's got her makeup people and stuff there there would have been a staff person that opened the door i realize it needed to be you know it, you needed to kind of skip that to get it all moving right yeah you know um but yeah it's true she would have pro- she would have as well so had some staff yeah and i mean like of course uh duke brings along whiskey um but uh that's sort of a different thing yeah so it is it is a little i i wonder if that is also just sort of part of birdie uh that birdie would not recognize that like okay we're, sure. we're not bringing our our entourage that you know sure the, the assistants are aren't uh going with to this uh thing but I, i'm surprised she didn't bring more people from that party yeah yeah you know even <laughs> people she even people she just met yeah um <laughs> like the fire twirl right <laughs> and then yo-yo ma yeah what wouldn't you bring along yo-yo ma i would you know um if you if you could yeah but yeah she's her her obliviousness and and of course maybe the 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 most perfect oblivious thing i feel at least early on is that you know when they're all in the dock and they're being introduced yeah. you know you're kind of seeing them all together is that she has a mask that is made out of oh yeah a chain mail i don't <laughs> right. know yeah you know that is that could not be just, if, if it had a fan no. blowing out it could not be less effective yes i i (laughs) I reminded me one time of stopping in the store and the person who was waiting on me you know this was in the early you know pre-vaccine days uh had a crocheted mask on yeah yeah (laughs) and i was just like i was i was stunned i was stunned yeah at that um but yeah 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 it's true It, it peg would definitely be her Part of her obliviousness of like, oh, of course I'm bringing her. Well, you know, I, type of thing. I wonder if that's also not just like, um, so, I mean, Claire has staff, but Claire yep. can also like function as an adult and like not tweet things. So I, I, yes. I, I it almost strikes me that, you know, Peg is kind of along because listen, if Birdie is going and Birdie's going to have a phone, she needs someone to stop her from ruining her career again right so uh peg 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 is a support animal pretty much uh yeah it's you know she she doesn't uh i mean this is one of the uh probably i mean so obviously they interact uh in the party scene and, and prior to this but uh yeah just sort of bring it all back around to this is i think one of the first moments of the movie where she at the beginning does seem to really be kind of confiding in peg um right and you know maybe that's it maybe that is sort of a she's just sort of talking out loud and uh peg is there but uh yeah their dynamic is really interesting yeah yeah it it is it is it it does make it still make you wonder you know peg could have gotten another job yeah even assisting somebody else you know assisting always seems to be you know for stars and granted yeah my knowledge of this is um you know i'm 
pretty low on the pole of being anywhere near stars. Um, but you you would think um, assistants are are using it as a step to someplace else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you've if you've wrangled Birdie J, um, <laughs> you may be able to get a better job wrangling someone who maybe isn't quite as difficult or right. as difficult in a different way. Yeah. You know, I, it, it almost seems like, uh, I mean, it is true, though, when she's uh, talking to Miles on on Birdie's behalf, she does kind of mention that it will ruin her as well, yeah. which, I don't know, seems, it seems uh, unlikely or seems, you know, like an exaggeration, but I, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's just one of those things that just always makes me kind of go... I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if that's, you know, in part uh, it's just sort of her overthinking how much people may tie her to uh, Birdie J's uh, various and, you know, never-ending controversies. <laughs> so Right, right, right. right. Yeah, yeah, I completely. mean, it, it is hard to, I, I could see being in that situation just being, like, not sure how to get out of it. Um, right. So, yeah, our, our minute sort of wraps up uh, moving over to Blanc in his uh, sort of uh, swim attire, which is <laughs> great. Um, now, I, I can handle the Matisse in the bathroom, but is, a, is, is that a fax machine? And Which is definitely, definitely something, and I think maybe I saw this online, Ryan Johnson talking about it, was, was definitely something to... Um, cover up the fact that Daniel Craig is buff as hell. Right, yeah. You know, so to have him have this kind of you know, old-fashioned swimming costume, you know, and we've we've seen him in the water with the entire thing on. Right. You know, it's not it's not quite a you know a one-piece turn of the century uh you know um muscle man from the beginning of the 1900s type of thing. Yeah. But it covers him well because you know we we still get a glimpse of that when he's in the bathtub. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know that it's like wow, look at look at those packs, <laughs> right? Yeah, that boy. yeah. You know he's he's freaking James Bond. You know there's no way around that. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, he comes in. I just had to say that because you know his his swimming costume definitely <laughs> meant to make him not seem uh, as as. Um, James Bond. Physically, yeah. physically impressive, especially because, you know, that's not really his character. Yeah, there's not and, as much a reason that Benoit Blanc would be just yoked. Right. As... Right. Yeah. He yeah, he's not, you know, he's not John Wick. Right. You know, he's not, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. But the other thing, too, is that, you know, you have uh, uh, Dave Batista there. Right. Yeah. And, you know, he's supposed to be that guy. So, you know, if you're going to spend some time comparing james bond's body to <laughs> drax's body yeah you know it's it's gonna take you out of what you're supposed to be thinking of yeah yeah uh but yeah we we wrap up with you know he can handle the matisse in the bathroom matisse in the bathroom totally fine yes Every matisse in the bathroom fine everyone's perfectly okay with that uh but yeah um Miles has got these very yellowed, like very aged looking uh, <laughs> fax machines. Fax so yeah, yeah. And then I have a note here that just says yellow. Yeah. Um, because it's so it's so perfect. You know that kind of. I mean, that's the hilarious thing about this is, and somebody in one of the earlier minutes mentioned this too. These are 
an older type of fax machine right that have the roll of thermal paper right yeah and you know the the end of fax machine i mean you know I have a fax machine still in my office. Mm. Haven't used it in a million years. It just sits back there. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't even have a landline anymore. It's ridiculous. But that, you know, end of an era fax machine was matte black. Mm-hmm. And you just put in copier paper and it spits it out. Yeah. And this is, you know, back when, you know, all computers, office things, whatever, had that, you know, slightly beige um maybe pebbled surface of plastic right that would age like crap right it would just yellow and it was just so perfect yeah yeah the the <laughs> fact that you know yeah those things starting out as like kind of beige becoming extremely beige um yeah. in sort of a and we'll i mean we'll we'll talk a little bit more about beige as a color and, uh, oh, yes. and how it relates to they're almost some of they're our almost films. nicotine stained yeah yeah <laughs> you'd almost think about it like it was during the days of smoking which you know certainly it could have been yeah. but it it was just its natural process right yeah this is just you getting gotta, yeah yeah you got to think does miles have miles has to have one guy or maybe one guy in each location who just handles repairing the fax machines. Oh, certainly. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's yeah, he has the last person who knows how to fix those machines. <laughs> and I mean, even just like, I had, just sourcing the thermal paper must be a, a whole thing. Oh, sure, <laughs> sure. But you know what? He's, he, you know, he might have, you know, he he might have reopened the last plant. Right, yeah. That, that makes those kind of like, and I don't remember what it was i don't think it was i mean i think perhaps some factories that were manufacturing you know vinyl records yeah reopened um because of you know because of that becoming a thing yeah so you know, maybe it was like the last plant the last bunch of people who have worked on thermal paper and you know miles shoved a lot of money into them uh towards them yeah <laughs> yeah said, he, do this he's just me. got you know various he's got a wax cylinder guy he's got all sorts of <laughs> obsolete sort of technology uh, he's, he's got an eight track guy yeah exactly <laughs> you know he's got he's got all of all of those guys so uh yeah i guess just to um to wrap up our first minute here uh so we do have um a question that we've been sort of throwing out at the beginning of the week. Uh, did you get a chance to see this in the theater uh, during the one week release? I did not. Um, I knew it was coming mm-hmm. and I really, um, I, I've only been back into a theater once mm-hmm. uh, completely mad. Yeah. Um, I thought it would be for a more important film than my son going, really wanting to see the Mario brothers yeah. movie yeah. in a theater, <laughs> a movie that, um, I didn't want to see. Yeah, and I would have happily sat with him streaming, but didn't want to see the theater. So, I, and I knew it was coming to streaming, so I just I ignored all the trailers. Yeah, watched it with, uh, uh with my family mm-hmm. on Christmas Day. Um, interestingly, you know, my son is twelve, mm-hmm. and he had been watching Family Guy, and he Family Guy had a. Uh, knives out you know which oh. is obviously you know type of murder mystery sure. in the last couple of years granted i don't know if it was from this but you know 
you know, closed, you know, everybody in a house, somebody dies, mysteries are not, you yeah. know, didn't get invented with Knives Out, obviously. Um, so he he was like, Dad, you should watch this with me. So we watched and I'm like, this is, you know, and actually it was re- relatively well done. And I was like, this is pretty interesting. Let's watch Knives Out. So we did. And I said, there's a new one coming out and, you know, we'll all watch it on Christmas together. And so that's that's what we did. That's really uh, cool. We ended up watch so yeah, so watched it on Christmas and really until this week of of kind of uh rewatching it once and then rewatching it with the the commentary, I I hadn't I hadn't watched it since. So yeah, um it's kind of fun to know everything that's gonna happen and be able to watch a little bit more of what's going on, yeah, you know, in the background and especially with the commentary where Ryan Johnson's pointing out you know, this goes to this and that goes to that type of thing. Right. So, um, so where, when did you watch it? So, uh, I, I did make it to the, uh, one week, uh, release, which I think, you know, and I think this has also been mentioned on previous episodes that I can't believe that Netflix was like, that they didn't extend that run. Um, yeah. but for, for us, uh, so knives out, we saw Thanksgiving, uh, of, uh, 2019 okay. and that was the last movie that we saw in a theater oh, and then okay. the pandemic happened so uh you know throughout all of that obviously we didn't uh see anything in the theater um but yeah that was sort of a when it came up we were like all right we're gonna you know uh throw on a mask go see glass onion uh because it just it that felt very much like a marker of like oh remember when things were normal and we could just sort of like <laughs> you know uh go see a movie uh and then uh yeah so so this coming out uh we wanted to make a point of that and then rewatched it when it came out on streaming and it it does really you know change the viewing experience to understand what's going on especially in the first half of the movie um, oh yeah yeah so yeah. Uh, for the, for the for the life of me, I cannot really remember where I saw Knives Out. Hmm. I I really don't remember if I saw it um in a theater mm-hmm. or if I saw it streaming. Um I really I mean I'm a big fan of Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Um you know and I you know I love Brick, you know. Yeah. I love, you know, I, I'm maybe one of the only people who's you know, it, seems, it feels like Brothers Bloom never gets talked about. Yeah. <laughs> everyone goes, everyone goes, Brick, Looper, Star Wars thingy, <laughs> right. you know. And um, um, so there's a chance I saw it in the theater, but for the life of me, I don't remember. But the the, the funny thing is, I, I ended up uh, buying it on DVD. And I think it was a preview copy that um that was in walmart Mm -hmm. you know that was just marked down because it was some sort of preview copy yeah and i bought it because i really wanted to you know hear ryan johnson's commentary and all of that kind of stuff and delve into it deeper yeah um but it's it's weird i cannot really remember if i saw it i feel like i did i oh maybe i should ask some of my friends (laughs) <laughs> i'm getting to that point now where it's like i have to ask other people uh what they remember about my life yeah yeah well i mean i think this has been uh it's been you know great to discuss uh our first minute um yep. is there so thank you very much for uh for being on the show today uh anything no, happy happy to do this with you really fun yeah uh is there anything you want to uh plug i do a daily comic strip a syndicated comic strip 
um, that it appears in newspapers, remember those, and also uh, is online. It's called Daddy Days, D-A-Z-E. You can find it at daddydayscomic.com. Uh, it runs every day, and it is a a highly fictionalized version of me and my relationship with my son when he was an infant. <laughs> the main character is drawn just like me. I'm a guy with a bald head and glasses, and that's what that is. So if you stop by and look, uh, look at that. It's been running for about five years. So uh, stop by and and give it give it a peek. Even people who aren't parents will get a laugh. All right. Sounds good. Uh, well, again, thank you very much. Um, thank you. Uh, yeah. If you're um, listening to this, please uh, take a moment, rate and review on your uh, and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice um, and uh, check out the Glass Onion Minute uh, Twitter, which is Glass Onion Minute All One Word. Uh, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you tomorrow on Glass Onion Minute.